Evening everyone, welcome to another Wednesday Midweek Study. Today we're going to be continuing on in the Gospel of John and we're going to be uh, picking up where we left off in chapter 12. So before we go in, we'll just pray. Father, I pray and I thank you for your words. I pray that you would uh, be with us uh, tonight as we go through it. I pray that you would uh, teach us, that you would lead us and guide us, that you would uh, help us to commit these things to memory and uh, to not just know these things, but to actually act them out in our lives. Uh, Father, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would uh, speak through me. You give me the words to say, that you would hold me back from saying things that you don't want me to say. And that you would help me to um, speak uh, whatever you want to say, uh, whether it's uh, whether I've written down or whether it's something I haven't written down at all. And I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us, whether it's through the main message of what we're going to be talking about, or whether it's just through those little things that you want to draw out to us uh, individually through your Holy Spirit. And I pray and I thank you that you speak to us, uh, that you continually speak to us, no matter how many times we may have read through a passage, that you continue to lead us and guide us as uh, your living word is there uh, teaching us and uh, showing us the right way to go. So Father, I just pray that you would uh, be with us as we go through your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, last week we were talking a little bit about how Jesus was going to die and how he was going to die. Because he's been addressing the Greeks, uh, just saying, you know, who've come to see him and say, hey, we want to see Jesus. And Jesus has been talking to them, saying, hey, this is the gospel. Here's how I'm going to die. It's important that you make this decision now. It's important that you understand this because I'm not going to be around uh, for much longer here on earth. Soon I'm going to go into glory and I'm going to then go and I'm going to be with my Father in heaven. And verse 37 then picks up after that and it says, But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? Despite all of the different signs that Jesus showed, raising people from the dead, doing all of these different things, which many people looked at and they were like, how on earth does he have the authority to speak scripture like he does, to raise people from the dead, to show that he has the power over life and death, to speak the things that he does, and do the things that he does, and say, hang on a minute, this clearly is someone other than just any normal chap who's rolled into whatever town he's in. Despite all of the signs that Jesus was displaying, many people didn't believe. But it wasn't a surprise to Jesus. It fulfilled scripture. Isaiah 53 verse 1 is what's quoted there where it says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? And it speaks a powerful truth. That where it says that, it says, Effectively, that believing actually comes with the Lord revealing himself. The Lord reveals himself, and so we believe upon that. The Lord's revealing his powerful arm, and so we can say, Whoa, that's God! That's him! He's revealed himself, and I see it, and I believe it. Yet, the Lord has clearly revealed himself through scripture, through Jesus, all those different things. So, shouldn't everyone believe then if... You know, if the Lord's revealed his powerful arm to the whole world, shouldn't everyone believe at that point? Well, sadly, no. 
because the Lord reveals, but it's up to us to decide what to do with that. We're left with the decision. We're left to make a choice. Jesus reveals himself, and the people, likewise, have a choice. Some believe, and they say, I see this, and I believe that you are the Messiah. But many didn't believe, because he didn't fit their ideal. He wasn't who they wanted him to be. They would rather push it away and say, no, 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 I need more evidence. Or, no, 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 I... Look, I just don't like it. It's not what I'm expecting. Despite the fact that scripture is actually, you know, Jesus is fulfilling so many different things within scripture. And all the people can look at it and say, he does fulfill scripture. But there are other people saying, it's not the scripture I, I was expecting. Therefore, he, he can't be the Messiah. If they actually looked at the truth of scripture, they'd be able to see, actually, he does align perfectly with scripture to be the Messiah. And the same is true today, though. It's not just back then that people didn't believe. The same is true today. God has revealed himself, but many don't believe because it doesn't fit their ideal. Many I've heard many people different many different people say, Ah, oh, I'll yeah, that that's cool, you know, when I'm old I'll become a Christian, you know, when I've done what I want to do, when I've had my fun, and that then I'll become a Christian. Or um, well, you know, the thing is, there's just not enough evidence. Or people will throw in the, yeah, that's cool, but I just, the reason I don't believe is I just don't like whatever it is. And that's the difference. Everyone is saying, I don't want this. Not, is this truly real? In humility, submitting ourselves in humility to say, maybe this is true. Despite whatever I don't like, the truth still stands. Despite the not, not feeling like there's enough evidence, there's some. So you have to look at it and say, actually, that points to the truth. It might not be all that I want, because really what I want is I don't want it to be true. So there's never really going to be enough evidence in my mind if I'm thinking like that. Or, I'll become a Christian when I'm old. Well, we don't really know when we're going to die. So, why wait for that moment when tomorrow our life could no longer be here on earth? When the Lord reveals the truth, it's up to us to choose what to do with that truth. With Christ, with the matter of who Christ is and believing upon him, it's a matter of life and death. Are we good then if we've chosen Christ? You know, He's revealed himself, no more, choice, no more choices. Well, great, you have salvation in Christ, but it's not the end of the road. It's not a tick box exercise. That's not what Christianity is. It's a relationship with a living God. So it's not simply saying, oh, well, I've made my decision and I've ticked that box, so uh, we're all good. But it's saying, actually, I've made my decision that I believe upon Jesus, that I believe upon the living God that I believe the fact that I'm a sinner, I need Christ, and Christ has paid that debt for me. But then it doesn't stop there. He adopts us as his children, and so we say, then let's do this relationship. Continually lead me and guide me, show me the right way to go that I would follow in that. And so continually we have these choices put before us where the Lord reveals his truth in Scripture, and the Lord reveals his truth through his Holy Spirit. And we have the choice, do I follow this? 
or do I do what I kind of want to do, which isn't what Jesus is showing me to do? As our Father, having been adopted, he's going to continue to reveal different truths to us. And so we have to choose whether we're going to follow him or whether we're going to follow ourselves. Um, I think of when I was younger, I thoroughly enjoyed exploring and I still enjoy exploring. I'm just a little bit, I try to be a little bit wiser than I was. Uh, hopefully I'm a little bit wiser than I was when I was a lot younger. And my dad would always say whenever we, you know, when we go to the beach or when we go somewhere else, you know, on a trip, my dad would say, okay, stay by the car. Don't go wandering off. And so little me is like, oh, sounds like a great idea. Oh, what's that? Oh, I better go see what that is. And so I go wandering off. My dad would tell me, hey, stay by the car. I don't want you wandering off. I don't want you to get lost. He would tell us why he doesn't want us to get uh, wandering off. He doesn't want us to get lost, you know, or, you know, get snatched up or anything else like that, especially when you're a little kid. And so me being me, I was like, well, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't fit with what I want to do. So I'm going to go and explore. I chose my way and I learned my lesson multiple times. And many times I got lost. It's not like I learned my lesson the first time. Many times I would get lost and my parents would eventually come up to a tannoy saying, excuse me, please could the parents of Thomas Flanagan please come to wherever it was. And, you know, they come up and they see me crying because I'm like, where were you guys? And my parents are like, you wandered off. It's not like we left you. Um, and I learned after a while that I had a choice. And I could either listen and stay safe, or I could choose my own way and reap the consequences of that. And when the Lord reveals his truth to us in his word, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we can either listen to the Lord and choose to stay safe in, you know, what he's got for us, or we can choose our way and we can reap the consequences of that. Verse 39 continues, it says, But the people couldn't believe, for as Isaiah also said, The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this, because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. The people simply couldn't believe. That's what it's talking about here. And he's quoting Isaiah 6, verses 9 to 10 which says, and he said, yes, go and say to this people, listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people, plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts and turn to me for healing. The Lord made them not believe? As, you know, as the kind of question that we can think with that? No, the clear answer is no. The Lord wants people to believe, and we see this clearly in 1 Timothy 2.4 and countless other scriptures. If we read uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting from verse 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. 
This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. God desires that all people would be saved. However, because he loves us, he allows us to make that choice. To make the choice of, am I going to follow him or not? To make that choice ourselves, without him forcing that choice upon us to say, I'm going to choose for you, but for him to say, you, you need to make a choice. Are you going to follow me or are you going to follow yourself? And what then is this passage in Isaiah saying? If it's not saying that, you know, the Lord's making them not believe, it's saying that he's strengthening our decisions. If we've said, I will, I will go this way, the Lord hardens our heart in that decision. The Lord says, okay, fine then. I will let you have your own way because that is what you have chosen. When we choose not to believe, he allows us to go that path. He allows us to see the consequences of our decisions, continually reminding us in that of his revealed truth that he's already revealed to us and that we just need to walk in it. And we see this a lot with Pharaoh in Exodus. It's one of those typical examples of the Lord hardening someone's heart. Moses and Aaron speak to Pharaoh and he refuses to obey the word of the Lord through Moses. In Exodus 7, um, the Lord says that he will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn. Now, Pharaoh gets to choose, hey, am I going to let these people go or am I going to keep them? And the Lord says, I'm going to make him stubborn in whatever he's going to be choosing. In verse 13 of uh, Exodus chapter 7, it says that Pharaoh's heart remained hard. Pharaoh is choosing, I am, hey, my heart is going to stay hard in this thing. Verse 22, again, it says, Pharaoh's heart remained hard. Chapter 8, verse 15 says, but when, of Exodus, it says, but when Pharaoh saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Pharaoh, again, is making the choice, I will refuse to listen to the word of the Lord through Moses. So then, in verse 19 of chapter 8, he remain, his heart remains hard. In verse 32, again, Pharaoh has a stubborn refusal of the word of the Lord. In chapter 9, verse 7, again, he remained stubborn. And then finally, in chapter 9, verse 12, you see the Lord hardened his heart. Pharaoh is making all of these choices. Pharaoh is remaining stubborn. Pharaoh is hardening his heart. And then the Lord says, okay, I will harden your heart then. I will let you see my revealed truth because you are refusing to accept it. And so, verse 34, he remains stubborn again. In chapter 10, verse 1, it says, I've made him stubborn again. The Lord speaking there. And he says, so that I can display my miraculous signs. Verse 3, how long will you refuse to submit to the Lord? And that is the key thing there. That as Moses is there, he's like, this is the word of the Lord. How long 
will you refuse to submit to me? To Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh is making that choice. I will not submit. And so the Lord says, okay then, I will harden your heart in that decision. If you're making that choice, I will let you see the consequences of that choice so that you can then see the truth. So that again, you have the option, you can follow me and submit, or you can once again harden your heart. And continually over and over and over again, you see so many different opportunities that Pharaoh has to turn and to submit. But again, he continually says, no. And so the Lord continues to harden his heart. Pharaoh refused to submit to the Lord. And so the Lord hardened his heart. He let him have his way for him to reap the consequences and to glorify the Lord in the process. Until we get all the way to chapter 14, verse 4 of Exodus. It says, the Lord says, I will once again harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I've planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Why does the Lord do that? Because again, he is going to reveal the truth to Pharaoh. He is going to show Pharaoh, I am the Lord. You keep refusing to submit here. The Lord hardens Pharaoh, hardened Pharaoh's heart again. Again, Pharaoh is making the choice. I, I will not let this happen. And so the Lord says, okay, then I will let you go full throttle into what you are doing because I need you to see what the truth actually is so that you again have the opportunity. Are you going to turn to me or are you not? He doesn't simply, the Lord doesn't harden our hearts out of spite. He hardens to speak again to speak the truth so that we again have the opportunity, am I going to listen to the Lord or am I going to go my own way? That with each refusal, there may be another chance. There may be grace upon grace. There may be mercy upon mercy. That again, there is the prod towards the truth to say, okay, I will harden your heart so that again, I can remind you, hey, look at the truth. Why don't you turn to the truth? So that again, we have that choice. Am I going to submit or am I going to go my own way? The Lord continually does that to us as well. When we reject, he chooses to continue revealing what he has already revealed to us. And he loves us. He wants us to walk the right way. That's why he continues to do this because he wants us to walk the right way. So he says, okay, Okay, fine, have your way. I will show you that this is not the right way so that you can actually, again, have the option. I've seen what horrible things lie when I try and do my way. Why don't I try and do the Lord's way so that we again have that choice? Like how a father will let his child learn those little lessons through mistakes so that they would actually walk the right way and learn to listen. Like I used to... Uh, play with fire and it was something that my dad would always be like son I'm not I'm not happy no you need to be really careful with that um, until one point I burnt myself and he was like now you know he obviously was like hey you okay and everything else like that and then afterwards he was like do you see why I told you not to play with fire again there's the reminder of hey look you've gotten hurt in this it was completely by your own choice 
I tried to stop you, but I need you to look to the truth and to think, maybe I don't know best. And that's what the Lord does to us, where the Lord says, hey, look, I'm showing you my truth. You can choose to walk in it or not. And if you choose not to walk in it, you're going to get hurt. But through each mistake that you make, there is going to be the reminder, hey, remember me? I'm willing to lead you still. You just have to submit. The Lord doesn't force his decision on us. He lets us choose to listen to him. He reveals that truth in his word, but then also through his Holy Spirit as well. Plenty of times I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, but to, you know, to do something or not to do something, but I've chosen my way. And the Lord strengthened my decision, and I got hurt way more than I expected I would get hurt. You know, I look at a non-Christian do something in particular, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me, no, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, oh, but it's okay. I do it. And I get in way more problems than the non-Christian did. And I'm like, Lord, how come it always happens? Like, you know, just because I'm a Christian, it seems like I'm not able to get away with anything that, you know, people who aren't Christians seem to be able to get away with. And there's the gentle reminder from the Lord, I told you not to do it though. I'm going to let you learn those mistakes. I'm going to let you reap those consequences because I need you to see that that's not the right thing to do. Or rather, I want you to actually see that you should have really done this instead. The Lord allows us to choose and will at times strengthen our decision so that he can reveal again what he's already revealed to us. So that we would learn to listen and actually walk in his revealed truth to say, all right, Lord, I submit. As Pharaoh didn't submit, I actually need to choose to submit, to say, Lord, please help me in that. And the beautiful thing is that when we choose to submit, he strengthens us when we choose that way too. He doesn't just strengthen us in saying, no, I choose not to submit. And so the Lord strengthens us and lets us reap the consequences. That's not the only thing he will strengthen in. The Lord will also strengthen us when we choose to walk in his way. He says, okay, then I will strengthen you in that decision. He gives us the Holy Spirit as our helper. God, God, the Holy Spirit, his Spirit, part of the triune trinity, God, we have him with us as our helper. Then we have his word before us that we can continually go to, we can look at and say, yep, I know I shouldn't do this. Yep, that's a clear truth. And as we do it, we also get to know the Lord a lot more through revealing his word as we read through it. Just the same way you can get to know a friend more when they write you letters and you say, oh, now I know more about, you know, this person's heart and everything else like that. We have the armor of God, which the Lord says, hey, put on the whole armor of God. We have the relationship with him. We can pray to him. There are so many different things that the Lord has given us to strengthen us in walking in his ways. But again, it is our choice because the flesh is weak. The flesh wants to go its own way and continually say, I want my way. But it is up to us to choose, no, I will put to death my flesh and I will choose what the Lord has asked me to do. I will choose his truth. He strengthens us as we walk in his way and helps us in our weaknesses because our flesh is going to want its own way. 
but the Lord is willing to strengthen us in his way. We just have to do as Pharaoh actually truly really needed to do and actually submit to God in that. So let's pray. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 42 next week. Father, I just praise you and I thank you for your words. I thank you for your continued revealed truth to us. I thank you that you continue to speak truth to us. I pray that you would help us to submit to that, that you'd help us to uh, walk in your ways. Father, I pray that you would remind us of all that you've given us, of all those different ways that you're willing to strengthen us, but we actually need to be willing to take a hold of those different things, to put on certain things, to actually spend time in certain things. So, Father, that you would continue to speak to us, to lead us and guide us along the right path, along what you have planned for us, rather than uh, what our own way is. So, Father, I just pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us. You would help us to delight in your ways, and you'd help us to uh, remain steadfast in uh, those different things that uh, we need to do as we choose to walk in your way. And uh, Father, I just ask these different things, and I pray that you'd help us to be uh, a light uh, in uh, the world that we live in, that you'd help us to uh, walk in your ways and to be uh, a good witness for everyone else to be able to see, and uh, not to look to us, but to actually glorify you, to point to you, uh, continually uh, glorifying you as we seek to follow your ways. And uh, Father, we just ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys.